Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Guy. Hello, Tim. How you doing? I I ran all those syllables together. Let me try um articulate that a little better. How are you doing? I'm, in the scheme of it all, Tim, as always, I'm doing pretty well. But in the immediate term, I'm a little flustered. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little bit wet. <laughs> Let's talk uh, about our mornings. Let's talk about the... Uh, the preceding 25 minutes-ish that led to this point. Please, I wish we would. Scheduled to begin our discussion of friendship 33 minutes ago, uh, but these these minor little moments that we call life have a, have a habit of getting in the way. Um, I am famously co-parenting in lockdown, and so Chelsea and I were dropping Olive at her papa's house, uh, and that ran a little late and then I was feeling very poorly as I drove home because I, was, I don't like to be late, uh-huh. and I'm I I know well you know I know that um I just I think mate I got nowhere to be we're in lockdown baby I know, I know we're in lockdown but I I do think you know I know that you're a new you're a new papa yourself and you know like I'm a dad now guy that's right you are I call you dad now mm. and I don't want to um. I don't want to create an impediment or a challenge in scheduling your Zoe and Remy's wants and needs and Rufus's um, during the lockdown. So I, whenever, if I'm late for a record now, I don't think, oh, this will put Tim out a bit. I think this could, you know, the chain reaction here could be cataclysmic. Guy, Tim could be out on the street with baby in hand, not allowed I, back at his house because I'm 10 minutes late. I appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. And what I would love to see from you is – is spending some time to go, you know what? I tried my best. It didn't work out. I don't have to wear that. I don't have mm. to carry around this weight. Mm. Things happen. That's life, baby. It you can't life. please everyone all the time. Yeah. And well, if you they, try, you'll, you'll send yourself bloody around the bend. They say life's what happens when you're busy making plans. Exactly. And so I got, I got back home and I got set up. And, uh, and then I said to Tim, hot to trot. And then what did you say, Tim? 
I said, hold on, man. <laughs> you got to wait a minute now because something's happening. Um, and, and I'll you, tell you what that thing was because you, you don't know this. Yeah, yet. you were delightfully so, vague on the details. Uh the the well the dog just started going nuts. Rufus the dog just started barking his ass off because um someone kept knocking on the door. They knocked once and the dog went fucking insane. So Classic Zoe Rufus. grabbed Rufus and they went they they went, you know what I think would help if I knocked on the door again. So they did, and then Rufus went mental a second time. Nice. And so I I we got the dog restrained uh and I opened the door and there was a man <laughs> Wearing a mask who handed me a note, and the note said, well, I, I won't go verbatim, but it was from my old flatmates, Nicola and Ethan, who very generously uh, laid out that they had sent us some pies. They said, I hope you enjoy the pies. I hope everything's going well. Um, now, here's the kicker. There's no fucking pies, dude. So this man who handed me the note with the mask on said something, which I could not hear over the dog losing its mind. So the dog's barking away in my ear. This guy is saying something. I'm like, yeah, sounds good, man. Cool, cool, cool. I grab the note, and then he leaves. So I read the note. The door is now closed. I'm inside. And I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah. We got some cool pies delivered. So I go to look for the pies. The pies aren't there. I message Nicola. She's like, do you like the pies? I'm like, here's the thing about the pies. I don't have them. So she's now investigating what's happened with the pies. But I suspect this young man... In between the time that the dog went nuts the first time and the second time hatched a dastardly plan where he sequestered the pies for himself because he knew that I would be sorting the dog out as he handed over the note. And now he is gone, sight unseen. There is a delightful... Is it, how how um, how sort of cunning and practical jokery are Nicola and Ethan and that maybe they just send you a card being like, hey, enjoy the pies. <laughs> And nothing That's else. Really funny. That's that is like, a very funny thing to do. That is a really low energy but high impact April Fool's joke. <laughs> if you want to keep that in the yeah. pocket for next year, just send someone a note going, "I hope you enjoy X." Yeah, <laughs> attached. I well, and so you did that, and then meanwhile, I I sent you a message because I didn't yes. want you to then come into the Zoom room and be waiting. Thinking, Where the hell is he? You said he's ready. So I said, uh, "Just nipping out for an emergency poo." Yeah, regular which is poo scary. with a greater sense of urgency. You're nipping out for a poo, all good. Nipping out for an emergency poo, potentially just like, no good. I don't know how long we're going to be talking for. I didn't want to be sitting on, you know, sitting on anything I needed to, to deal with. And then I came mm. back and you you hadn't read it. You hadn't joined the room, and I thought, well, that was really an overshare. I, was I didn't. For these pies. <laughs> didn't need to let Tim know about that or anyone listening. And then, just as we settle in and get ready to record, I get a phone call from a very friendly old man in Oamaru who's asking me about the comedy show I'm meant to be doing there in two weeks and is like, just sort of really friendly and like um, hard to get off the hook in that sort of, you know, older, um, overly genial boomer kind of way. And so I'm saying. You should have taken that though. There was no need to rush that. That was an important. But call. I know, but I, we didn't have all this context for each other. You know, like we didn't. <laughs> yeah, true. We. I was just like, get this fucking guy off the phone. And so he's giving me his email. I write down his email, and then he goes, "And what about my cell phone number?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay, sure." And so I'm sort of writing it down on this. I. This is actually entirely on me. I've got in between me and the piece of paper I'm writing on. <laughs> 
a glass of water and my a audio full rec- a full glass of water full of water and my audio recorder and then a variety of other bits and bobs on the desk and as I'm trying to write down this guy's phone number I just knock the glass of water <laughs> over everything and so then I have to dismiss the old man on the phone Tim's watching me as I'm frantically mopping up everything with a towel <laughs> which pretty much brings us to the present day and do you know what the headline is from all of that Tim you would think that it's I've had a kid. I think it is. I want to say on behalf of everyone listening, every friend you have in the world, congratulations. We're Thanks, so buddy. happy for you. You already are and will continue to be a dad of the highest order. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. He's a cool kid. It's it's nice having a baby. I don't doubt it. I like it. I'm yeah. into it. Is it. How different is it from not having a baby? It's pretty different. Um, but it, you know, it's still, it's still you. There's just a baby there that you got to look after now. Mm. But the baby's real nice. So, but, you, so, but you're the same. Mm. I'm just trying so. to get my head around who I'm talking to right now. Is this yeah, the I'm Tim? S- is this the Tim Bat from a is. year ago? Be under no illusions, guy. It's the same. It's the same dude. Can it's I ask you? Can I ask addition. you a personal question? Go on. Have you held the baby while stoned? No, no, I haven't consumed any drugs because the baby's only. I've had a whiskey. That's about the extent of my yeah, mind expanding yeah. experiences. Um, because the Remy is, I think, one week and two days old. Quite so, young. Quite young. You get, there's a real, you know, there's a lot of rhythm to It's constantly feeding and pooing and sleeping and sort of, yeah. you know, 30 minute um, cycles. So you got you got to keep your head on a swivel a little Remy bit. Remy poos for 30 minutes at a time. Yeah, he's much like you, guy. He also lets me know he texts me and he says, I've just got an emergency poo coming to It's an incredibly developed baby with a sort of terrifyingly efficient digestive system. He's smart. I don't know what to tell you. He's a smart kid. I don't need any more information. And everyone is well and everyone is happy. Zoe's Zoe's a superstar. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Just, Just made for it, you know? Um, but it'll be real nice once we get out of this uh, lockdown situation and people can come and give him a cuddle and say oh, hello. That'd fuck be nice. yeah, man. I can't He's wait. He's got to meet his uncle Guy, for for God's sake. I want to hold that baby. Safely. You're going to. Yep, and then I will. also want to do a more dangerous hold after that. Sick ass, bro. <laughs> yeah. He's only 4kg, so you can really toss him in the air if you want. <laughs> oh, man. That is um, That gives me flashbacks. So there was that public... Service announcement campaign in New Zealand, which was "Don't shake a baby," and mm. I'm just like, "What state is society in where we have to put out these reminders to people?" Hey, I could, do you know? I kind of have more insight into that now because you, it's it's like 4 a.m. This kid's been crying Wailing, his ass yeah. off for two hours, which is like a very distressing sound at the best of times. But you're sleep deprived. You're the one in charge of trying to get the baby to stop crying. It's not. Admittedly, a normal place for your mind to go, but in the in the heat of things, I can appreciate how some people would just snap. Yes, um, yes, but I feel like shaking the baby would only make it louder. Mm, yeah, yeah. Look, I don't, I don't need to entertain such uh, dastardly <laughs> yeah, thoughts yeah, at yeah. the moment. I apologise for even introducing that old PSA campaign to the room. Quite fine, but um, how's how's your lockdown at the moment, man? This has been. A long one for us, and I feel like we're headed towards the end, but we don't really know for sure. We really don't. 
Uh, look, man, the freaky thing about these lockdowns. They get older, but you stay the same age. I wish. Uh, is It's sort of, you know, like the 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 what I find sort of can find alarming is that the dizzying highs uh, can be like the proximity to the plummeting lows. It's never been finer, you know, like the the oscillations in mood are so close to one another. And often it's whether or not there is a cloud in front of the sun. If I can see the sun, mm. I'll be like, this is great. And then on the same day, not 30 seconds later, after thinking, this is actually okay, if the sun is behind a cloud, I'll think, oh, dear, the sun will be behind a cloud and I will be in my house for time, for all time. The um, best of times, the worst of times. Yeah, but I mean, all, all said and told, look, I'm having a huge amount of trouble opening any emails. I. Mm. Uh, I am finding anything from the outside world to be unreasonably intrusive. I've, yeah. I, I am having trouble reconciling the fact that I'm only allowed to be in my house, but people who are outside of my house are allowed to ask things of me, which is... I, I sent you an email last night at about one in the morning. Have you seen it? Yeah, I like that email. I like it was when a cool my, email. I like eh? when my friends send me emails being like, hey, I've got a cool idea for a show. Yeah. I'll fucking open those. Um, But yeah, I mean... All Can we talk about that on the friend zone real quick, what the pitch was? Because if it ends up happening, it means that people could tune in from anywhere on earth. Yeah. I mean, it's – well, first of all, it's uh, – because you you have spent so much time, energy, and dare I say money, creating mm. like a very light-on-your-feet, high-quality um, – Outdoor broadcast. I mean, you can, you can pretty much broadcast anything from anywhere at this point, Tim. You have got a television studio that collapses down into the size of like a backpack and a briefcase. And crucially, battery powered. Yes. Got to have that going for you. But um, yeah, so because it's going to be quite hard to make money putting on comedy shows. I mean, it's hard at the best of times trying to break even doing comedy shows, but even more so with the... Um, Restrictions that are probably coming with the number of people. And that by the way, the venue. shout out to that uh, legendary journalist who I didn't actually read the article, but I saw a lot of people getting upset because the guy was like, "We're getting very local now." But a guy called Jason Wall, uh, Jason Wall, Walls plural Walls. He's uh, he's actually a very good political journalist, but he started working for a reasonably right wing outfit in New Zealand, and now he started spouting shit about how <laughs> it's a waste of money to fund any um, arts or artists during yeah. the pandemic, which is a very cool position to but take. But do you know what? I can see how he'd get that take because if he doesn't like art and artists, you've got to imagine he spent the last five weeks sitting in a room with nothing on the walls and just his own thoughts thinking, I feel angry and I don't know why. <laughs> Man, he really got taken to task on Twitter, but I feel for him. He's a, he's a guy collecting a paycheck and he's... He's preaching to an elderly hey, Tim, choir. Do you know yeah. who, according to government records, is paying the majority of that paycheck? <laughs> <laughs> the fucking government. He's yeah. He does stand up. Do you know that? Oh, or wow. at least he has. He has done some open mics. And we an, shouldn't be dra- another. We should not be dragging someone on. Uh, another a piece zone. of the jigsaw falls into place. At any rate, here's the idea for the show that I emailed Guy about last night. We do a, a comedy show, but it's live streamed on the internet. Mm-hmm. And then, for so that's like an hour and a half. And then the second half of the show is one of the comedians does a DJ set, just like spinning their favorite tunes for about another hour and a half, keep the punters in the room 
hanging out, having a lovely time, having a few drinks. And we're kind of like figuring out at the moment what the implications would be if we did stream, stream the DJ yeah. set as well. But um, it might be possible. It'd be like, to it'd be nice, it um, especially if there are different parts of the world that are in lockdown. Is it nice or is it torture to then watch people having a nice time? And you're but like, we're only just out. It's still yeah. us. It's like we're all spaced out and shit. We are. Um, well, Tim, I feel like I've spoken about my lockdown. And by the way, I love that idea. And I haven't emailed you back yet, but, um, you know, take this I as like a I've got your response. expression of enthusiasm. Uh, Aside from becoming a father, how's your lockdown? Or is that sort of? It's. I think we've. That's. That's probably. Is that overridden everything? Yeah, definitely. Everything else is just a trivial distraction from the fact that you've got a. You're a family man now. Not trivial. I mean, we. So Auckland opened up two days ago to um, takeaways in New Zealand. Here's the system: everyone stay in your fucking house. That's 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 red alert. And then we've got an orange light, which is everyone stay in your fucking house, but we will allow you to get takeaways. Yeah, and that's what we're at in Auckland City at the moment. Everyone stay in your fucking house, but you can have some KFC. And New Zealand lost its mind. For New KFC. We're very grateful for the um, the takeaway liberties bestowed to the upon point us. Where I just found out that the Ministry of Health has teamed up with KFC and they're going to start vaccinating people at Kentucky Fried Chickens in this country, which I just think is a genius move. That is that is brilliant. It's pretty good stuff. That makes sense. Uh, lockdown's going fine, man. I'm, I've never eaten so well in my damn life. Mm. Thank you so much for sending your lovely treats. We're getting a lot of lovely treats sent to us, and we're—I feel like I'm eating like a king at the moment. It's very nice. Oh, that's good to know. I mean, I under—I I assumed having some food ready to slam in the oven would be a huge asset, given you not just any food. Guy and Chelsea sent me and Zoe, kind of Remy, if you think about it, the most delicious. <laughs> bougie stuff that you could put in an oven. It was so good. It is what we wanted to do. I'm glad it was well received. I've got poetry here, Guy, from a fan. Yeah, I'm just getting my messages up too, so I'm ready. Does the name Nick Radford mean anything to you? Yeah, Twitter user Nick Radford. And wrestler. Yeah, is he from Portland? Uh, I feel like he came to a Portland show. I get confused as to whether or not that guy's a Kiwi, but I guess he isn't. <laughs> I just see him like on, on Twitter a lot. He's a Twitter friend. Hello, Tim Fapp and Guy Montgomery. <laughs> I hope this message finds you well. You may remember some time ago, by the time you get to this message, oh, by the way, this came to us on April 1st, the day when you need to remember that cool trick about sending someone a note saying, I hope you enjoy the muffin basket. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh that I wrote a little fan fiction poem about the two of you getting a little sentimental after a viewing of one of the Emmanuel films for my podcast, Wrestle Erotica at the time, now likely called Champion Shipping, and tweeted at your beautiful faces. I know how much you both enjoyed it, so I've included a copy of said poem with this email for you to read on the friend zone. If you've already gotten this far into reading the email aloud, you've already committed to the bit, so please read the poem for the whole class to hear. <laughs> this works. Say my name if it pleases you, the Poet Laureate of Professional Wrestling, Nick Radford. Um, I think we should do a stanza each. How does that sound? Sounds good. Are you going to email it to me? Forward that over to your Gmail right now, and I will um, begin. The best idea of all time. Tim and Guy had started a trend, a special type of task. 
They thought it would never end. In bad movies, they would bask. I just stopped doing my email. I still haven't got it. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I wish I had it. Gotcha. <laughs> Did it send? Yeah. Yeah, that's sent. Yep, that's sent, guy. That's there. It's not. Uh-huh. A, it's, I'm telling you, it's Herman not. Herman Guy. I'm telling you, it's not a trend. A, oh, here it is. A special type of task. They thought that it would never end in bad movies. They would bask. <laughs> the experiment warped their minds, but they grew closer as friends. They were starting to find that their brotherhood wouldn't end. They had finished up a screening of a classic Emmanuel flick. Both of the boys were beaming and feeling pretty slick. Frosty fellas looking, looked to record and were feeling experimental. But Guy was looking flawed. He was getting sentimental. What is wrong, my dude? Tim asked Guy with concern. Well, I don't want to be rude, but I've got a lot to learn. I want to live every moment and to love every day. Guy didn't want to lament the things he was about to say. He knew that time was slipping away from the good, good lads. He knew that he was tripping in love with his comrade. Into love. Oh, yes. I'm, tri- love. I'm, I'm falling in love. Oh, my. Tim felt what Guy needed. He leaned in for a passionate kiss. The sparks of passion were seeded. They'd grown too big to miss. Their love was too strong to fight. The feeling was truly sublime. <laughs> they were each other's shining light. It was the best idea of all the time. Wow. It's really great. Did we just fuck? We didn't fuck. Felt like it we, sweeter, it's sweeter than that. Felt like we fucked through the medium of poetry. <laughs> That's the best kind. <sighs> Thanks, Nick. Yeah, thank you very much, Nick, as always. Um a delight. I mean, a poetry submission is it's truly above and beyond. So it is. We are immensely grateful for that. Fantastic. What is that? Rhyming couplet. Yeah, I think that's oh couplets. I think a a a b b. It was a b a b. That one was. Remember. Thank you for that. A bab. Um, I got one here. Facebook worst idea of all time. Inbox received two weeks ago. Written. Hello, frosty fellows. Tum and Gee. Hope this finds you well and outside of lockdown. Guess again. <laughs> but I did have a takeout coffee this morning, so. Uh, love the show and we'll eventually get around to the back catalogue soon. I've heard through the friend zone fan have suggested I oh, I've heard through the friend zone fans have suggested ideas for later seasons. And I wish to off my own. Midsummer Murders is a long running crime show that I've invested some time into, but have yet to correctly guess who done it. On a single episode. Some of my worst shots in the dark have seen my number one suspect, the sec- the second or later victim. Would love to see you try and guess who did the damn thing. All the best and feel free to say my name backwards. Slew Nora. Slew. Lewis? No, no, I started at the very end of the name. Slew Laura. That's No, Slew Nora. That's all I'll say. Okay. I can't do that in my head at all. I I would like to watch the Midsummer um I don't know that I could commit to podcasting, but that does like watch I do like whodunits. I like um it sounds fun. I watched a bit of uh, Broadchurch recently. Any good? 
Yeah, man, that it, it's a good series. Fuck, they just Dave, David Tennant and Olivia Coleman. Yeah, can't miss. They just like not not the people behind Broadchurch, but they, the people who create content. There's just so many. There's so much to watch, yeah, and like much, a man. lot of it is good, and a lot just of it bow is, out of all of it. A lot of it is bad, and I watch almost exclusively the stuff that is in the middle. What? If, what? What kind of? I'm like. Been, I don't know. There's something about the lockdowns. Chelsea and I just get deep into reality. Like we are, we do not miss an episode of Celebrity Treasure Island. How is that? Should I watch it? Uh, Our friends I, are on it, so I definitely should. The, uh, I mean, that's the, that was the motivation initially, but now we're just committed. And it's also like I, I tweeted about it a few days ago, which is like, is Celebrity Treasure Island the perfect TV show or have I been in my house for five weeks? <laughs> like it's the you know the the lines are blurring. Um, Fuck! They nailed the timing on the release of that one, though. Yeah, right? apparently it's a, a ratings bonanza. How could it not be? But it's like you're just yeah, it's a lot of fun, and you are watching. Um, you know, I don't know. I I I enjoy it, but I know that it's like you know I've not watched The Sopranos, and I started watching that, and that's still on the back burner, and I'm like, there's two very different paths I could be traveling down, but Celebrity Treasure Island is just. It's the comfort I need. At least it's new. I watched Ghostbusters again last night. How was it? It rocked. I love it. It's so good. It's still so good. Mm. It's such a great film. There's really nothing like Ghostbusters 1 and 2. They're very unique. Yeah. In terms of like they are comedy movies that work so well that take the kind of scary bits semi-seriously. Yeah. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge advocate for hiring an objective, professional, licensed professional tell my problems to so that when they tell me what they think, I know I'm getting it straight. That's where BetterHelp comes in. That's right. BetterHelp have a big pile of professionals to talk to at your convenience online. You've done a bit of therapy, right, Guy? I started doing therapy during, uh, there was a pandemic, I don't know if you remember, and the benefits were immediate and long-lasting. They help give you skills that you can use 
when you are in stressful or anxious situations. Honestly, it's changed my life for the better. I guess that's why they call it BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash all time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash all time. It's bloody good stuff. This email is so long. It's like, um, what's that word? It's quite daunting to look at. Yeah, you got the word. Should I read it? Yeah, you got the word and you got the email. I was looking for a different word. Intimidating? Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. I got hey, you. Timmy and Guy Tholomew. I've been caught up to now, uh, just for reference, now it's 15th of April, according to this email. But I just finished season four of Twiowat, and I can't sit idly by any more. I don't know if this has been addressed yet, but after 104-ish episodes with the gals, and as a fan of the original TV show, I want to clarify a detail that's been bothering me. Michael Patrick King is not the original creator of the Sex and the City TV show. In fact, he wasn't even attached to the project at all in the beginning. The show was created by Darren Starr of 90210 and Emily in Paris fame. Star was the executive producer of the series and helmed the writing through seasons one and two, which in my opinion are the very best of the show, and then just produced mostly for season three. But like halfway through season four, Star gave the executive producer title to Patrick, to Patrick King and Michael, pretty much exactly around the time the show started to go downhill. L-A-M, L-M-A-O. Anyways, Star was still attached to seasons five and six, but he was very hands-off, as the duo Michael and King slowly butchered the show as both Star and the original author of the book Sex in the City were frustrated with King's ending. The show was a clever, biting satire of the rom-com genre, and as seasons progressed and as King took over, the show morphed into the very thing it began by making fun of, a rom-com with a tragic ending of Carrie ending up with the honestly emotionally abusive Big. Both films were also never intended by Star, despite his name being attached. So while not happy, Star still collected a check and let it happen. And I honestly can say that after viewing everything Carrie and the gals have to offer, King really dropped the ball and missed the mark and killed the guy with the apple on his head. Insert fourth metaphor here. Anyways, I wanted to clarify not only... So, uh, I wanted to clarify to not only save what little respect I have for those brilliantly smart first seasons, but also lay the blame of the franchise's demise on King, as his time at the helm of the franchise was never good to begin with. Thanks for everything so far, and I hope to hear this in a friend zone when I eventually catch up. Love to you both. Spencer, Maple, say it, baby. You can read this on the podcast, but it's kind of personal, so you can stop here at the P.S. Uh, up to up to up to you, guy. <laughs> you you want the rest or nah? Uh, maybe after we finish recording. You want to read it now? Read it. Ju- I I just want. To, I can't. I'm trying to read it without saying it out loud. I want to know what's in it. I'm a curious boy. Yeah, curious. I'm just gonna read it. I'm a trans woman and wanted to thank you for your humility and grace with the Wachowski sisters incident as you gen- as well as generally being good allies. While it's to be a minimum to expect, it warms my heart to know you fellas are cool. I'm openly trans, so don't worry 
if you did keep reading ahead. And also, I just want to say one last thing. My friends and I all believe a popular theory within the trans woman circles that Samantha Jones is actually a trans woman. And there are many bits and jokes that make this theory not only hold water, but make her character and jokes even funnier. I won't go into details, but anyway, I thought it would be fun for you to consider. End part two. Love ya. And then there's one other little bit. Slight correction. Michael Patrick King wasn't attached to the series as a producer after season one. He directed and helped write one or two episodes then, and then later got more and more responsibility until he used that power for evil. Uncle Ben taught him nothing. Wow. It's a Spider-Man reference. I didn't get the Spider-Man reference. but um, um, Uncle Ben says, with great power comes great responsibility. Ah, I know that quote. I always say that to people. Um, thank you so much. What was that? Was that? Spencer. Spencer. Thank you so much, Spencer, for that fantastic and quite insightful uh, email. I mean, I haven't actually watched enough of the original materials to know exactly how much Mattress Pikelet deteriorated the original IP, but I'm not surprised. And actually, also, the timing of this inspired me. We're recording this on uh, September the 24th to give a a huge shout-out and a rip uh, to the great Willie Garson, who was Mm. the actor who played Stanford Blatch, uh, Carrie's best friend, who died at a very young 57 just recently. Yeah. um, Which is obviously devastating. Uh, we love Stanford. We did love Stanford, uh, and we're sorry to we're sorry to see Willie go. Let me say a few words about Stanford. Okay, <laughs> Stanford was a great friend to Carrie, and a great friend to us, the Frosty Fellers. He brought love and life into our days, and sometimes our nights when we watched Sex in the City one which I can't remember how much of it he's in, but certainly a big starring role in Sex in the City yeah. 2 for being one half of the big gay wedding. I immediately, when I, when I, um, what was the first scene you thought of when you heard that he had passed? Um, it was when he's talking to Carrie and they've got the crowns. Yes, the, the same. Luciferian crowns. It's the scene where he's saying that uh, Anthony's allowed to cheat because he's Italian yes. and... Carrie's dressing up like Hades, uh, Queen of the Underworld. Exactly. Any, um, anyway, we're, we're sure that Stanford's ripping it. And um, but Spencer, I'd also like to thank you very much. Oh yes, of course, and a huge thank for, you to uh, Spencer. For- I think it's it's good to. I like people correcting the record on our ass when we get stuff wrong. It's good. It's good to have that on on the records. Yeah, fifty uh, seven's I- too young, eh? I'd like. I'd, what age do you want to be when you die, guy? I've I've always in my head the number I've been aiming for is eighty. It's still I think by modern standards it's not old, but I'm just like. I actually had a, a huge. This is sort of by the by, but I had a huge phone call with um, my best friend from like school and high school, and a, a friend who I'm still incredibly close with, who's on the other side of the world now. Uh, his dad, who's like a family friend, he called me up on the phone like a week ago. And this was not long after Norm MacDonald had died and started sort of talking to me. And we wound up like, he was just, just he just called up to shoot the breeze. And we were on the- Your f- friend's dad? My friend's dad. 
And awesome. we were on the phone for like an hour and um, just catching up. And we spent a lot of it talking about mortality. And uh, he was he he had a similar thing. He said he, he was talking about it in um in eight and he's he's always thought eighty was the number. And he sort of looked at his life in these twenty year blocks, and he sort of thought of the twenty years as like fifteen hundred meter increments. So he's like, you know, I'm rounding the bend to my life. He's he's I think he's approaching um sixty now. So he's rounding the bend to sort of the the last fifteen hundred meters. And he was the reason he was talking to me was he was saying he he'd been playing um. He tried to play golf with some friends, and he's quite a coordinated guy. He's good at most things he does, and he said that he had become like incandescent with fury, and he was sort of you know riffing on this and being like, and I just think the f- I'm in, I'm into the last you know fifteen hundred. I don't need to be picking up anything. I don't want to fucking do like I don't want to waste <laughs> the, the last block of my life being bad at things and just feeling angry. Yeah. And I kind of respected it. And anyway, so then I was like, well, it's funny you're talking about all this mortality stuff because my favorite comedian, um, he died like totally out of the blue and it really it really rocked me. But he sort of like, he David Bowie'd it in that he um, he didn't tell anyone and he'd been sick for nine years and he was quite prodigious. His output was, you know, quite, uh, he, he put out quite a lot of stuff in that nine years. And so when you revisit it now, you obviously you can watch it through a different lens. And I pretty much introduced him to Norm MacDonald. I was like, I'll send you some stuff. If you like it, let me know. And I'll, I'll let the floodgates open and really hammer you with Norm. And then for like a week since then, all he does is just message me different videos he's found of Norm on, <laughs> on YouTube. And he's like, I've been pretty much absorbed with Norm MacDonald since your introduction. Thanks. And then a day later, here's a class act. And then two days later, a link to Norm Macdonald telling a joke about a pig with, do you love the pig joke? I just can't stop watching Norm. (laughs) And then three days later, (laughs) such a pleasure. Love is drawl. Great thing is that after after half an hour with Norm, one is in a good, happy space. Very important. And then an hour after sending that, he's a class act, no? Excellent waiting, eye contact, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. That's very nice. You've brought some joy into his life. I really have. As as Norm has. I was um I was like I think I think Norm and Remy might share the same soul, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Mere hours apart, I believe. Um and I I, I was uh I was very I was very rattled and then I spent two days just exclusively in Norm McDonald's company. And I've actually found it to be quite a motivating and inspiring thing. Um, Excellent. It's, you know, obviously it's a tragedy. Mm. But he went out on his terms and uh, he's left like just a a trail of some of the funniest moments in the history of performance. Um, Yeah. I don't know how we started this little tangent, but. Mortality guy. Mortality. Of course, we're on the friend zone talking about mortality. Where else would we be? Um, exactly. I've got a, a fun little message here from, uh, well, I won't say their name yet because they've asked for a specific style of presentation. Oh, cool. It just says this. Boys, just watch an episode of Sex in the City where Charlotte and Runkle go for a fancy dinner and both get the shits. That's all. <laughs> just seems like prime Twiwat content. Hope lockdown isn't destroying you. Say my name in the style of Charlotte shitting herself. Chrissy Styles. 
Really good, man. <laughs> Thanks. It's a great, I mean, you know, I, I take some of the credit, but it was a great prompt. So huge shout out to Chrissy for that. Really good. Uh, was that, sorry, I, I was reading an email for the first bit of that. Was, was that a Sex in the City episode where yeah, that happened? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to watch it. I was about to ask you, should we watch it? And I've already decided in my head, I'm not I'm not doing it. I'm not going to go and watch Sex in the City. It's not happening. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Do, That's not what's happening. Do what you want. Do what you got to do. I'm just going to watch Ghostbusters a reasonable amount of times. Not a crazy worst idea amount of times. But I will revisit it. As and when you please. At my leisure. Good for you. Next next up, maybe, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yeah. Also good for you. I'm going to um, make this my last one. Okay. My name is Sam. They, them. Just sending my gratitude if you want to read this on the friend zone. You go, oh, by the way, Sam has sent 15 US dollars to accompany this message. Fuck. Yeah. Hi there, Intimidation and Gynasium. About a year ago, I started binging your podcast right after graduating and getting my CG VFX degree. With COVID and the deep fear of actually getting out there in the industry, I'm stuck as a 3D fairy artist. Yeah, that's fairy, eh? F-U-R-R-Y? It's fairy? A 3D fairy artist making cash doing freelance work. I just wanted to see my gratitude... And to say thank you, sweet boys, so much for talking into my ear every day and being a shining beacon in a scary world. You two are wonderful. Keep up the amazing podcast work. P.S. I don't think any fairies ever sent their inputs about the Cats movie on the show before, but I got paid good money to see it in theaters and afterwards movie hopped to watch Star Wars Rise of Skywalker after all that, I can say it was one of the most miserable experiences I have ever had in a movie theatre. Also, you can say my name, Sam. Thank you, Sam. Uh, and congrats. Sam, yeah, for the Work, graduation. Yeah, working. Hard out. Um, Sam, that's very generous to, to send us money, especially when you're freelancing. It's a regular scary position to be in sometimes but the other thing about that is sometimes you are absolutely flush you just sometimes you're crushing it you just have to know that it's not forever puts which you never do put some away do we guy we eat like kings for three days and then famine for a month that's right that's how we do um i got a i got i got something here mm-hmm. you want it and then we'll call it a day i Want it badly. Oh, here we go. Tim, can I, before I do this, I oh know. What's your, what was your first pet's name? Um, no. Okay. Interesting. Because this is a password recovery question and I don't know if I've used it anywhere. Ah, uh, well, dear Tim's home street and first pet. Yeah, see, here's the thing about that. You know how these keep popping up on Facebook? I'm pretty sure people are mining this to take over your account. Well, I don't have uh, either my first street or a pet in anything. Um, Good. Good for you. So I think I think from memory, home street, is that where I live now or is that my first street? I, 
I don't. It's up to you, but I I think it's probably where you were where you grew up. Okay, I'm going to go maybe. Upland Sam. Sick. <laughs> so boring. <laughs> Upland Sam, going to give it to you. Upland Sam, going to give it to you. Uh, dear Tim's home street and first pet and Upland Sam. After hearing your pitch to George Lazenby for a Looper style sci-fi porn. I was struck that it's remarkably similar to the short story All You Zombies by Robert Heinlein. If you see George, let him know that adapting the story might be up his alley, though there are some portrayals of trans people that might be a bit problematic. The setup is that an ageing bartender is the world's greatest listener. It's obvious who should play this role. I mean, it is incredibly obvious for a start. That is unbelievable. (laughs) But is secretly part of a time-travelling security agency. Holy shit. What? A writer at the bar tells a long winding story about how he was born and raised as a girl and at around 20 years old was impregnated during a one night stand. After delivering, a, after delivering a baby girl, the writer was told that they had both male and female sex organs. The doctors did a surgery so the writer would be fully male. The time traveling bartender takes the writer back in time to get revenge on the man who impregnated them only to have sex with the young female version of himself. So he was, in fact, the man who got herself pregnant. I'm having trouble keeping my pronouns in line here. And there are at least two more plot twists that I won't reveal, but it's only nine pages long if you want to read it. This was published in 1959. This could make a good short pornographic film as it is one piece of science fiction that is truly seminal. (laughs) And then (laughs) rim shot. (laughs) Say my name, Rob Jurgen Dukes. P.S. After sending this message, I discovered that All You Zombies was already made into a 2014 movie called Predestination, made in Australia and starring Ethan Hawke. Still, that is listed as an action thriller, not a porno, although it does have a Metacritic score of 69. Nice. Ah. Fuck me. Predestination, a budget of $5 million and a box office of... 1.2. $5.4 million. Ah. A cool 400 grand profit. For all that work? Um, man, sci-fi writers from the past. Yeah. Calm down. How do they do it? Have you read any Asimov? No, I've, I haven't actually read much sci-fi, but like... Those are those are the those are the prescient authors. I mean, some- I want to read Foundation because I think they've just. Uh, I've been meaning. I've started a couple times, and I just. I, I'm not that into like actual sci-fi, like actual big epic. You know, let's describe how a intergalactic government works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not really my cup of tea, but I should. I should give it a good, honest try because um, Asimov's short stories are so fucking sick, and they're real. Just like pick it up, have a cup of tea. Read one. It's great. Put the book down. I love that, man. So good. All about making that book easier to pick up than your phone. If you can get iRobot on um, our favorite platform, Amazon, Amazon Books, you should. It's fucking good. We've been talking for a long time. I know, but we haven't actually gotten to catch up for a long time, so it feels really nice. I know. Um, I miss you, buddy. Oh, I miss you too. Speaking of Amazon Books and Norm MacDonald, just before mm-hmm. we leave, I cannot. I bought my dad his book. Um, this has happened twice with dad. I bought dad for Christmas. I bought him one year. I bought him Norm Macdonald's Based on a True Story. And then a year later, I bought him um, uh, 
Alan Partridge. I, Alan, we need to talk about Partridge. <laughs> and uh, both times he couldn't get his head around that they were like f- fiction, fiction. Right, right. And he got really frustrated. He got really frustrated reading Alan Partridge's autobiography. He's like, I can't fucking stand this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, but anyway, I tried to I, tr- I tried to get him to se- when Norm died. I wanted him to send up the copy I gave him because I wanted to reread it, um, and they, he couldn't find it. And then I've been looking. I cannot. I don't think this book is available in New Zealand. And the thing is, Norm recorded. He recorded it as an audio book, and it's on Audible in other territories, but not in NZ. And you can't what? get it. You can't get it on a Kindle in NZ. There are no hard copies of any of the independent bookstores what I've looked at. The fuck? Um, That's so weird. Yes, I know. Maybe I should I should tweet at some bookshops. Dude, that is that's really that's bizarre because I've I'm pretty sure I've seen it on bookshelves like previously. I think I saw it in uh, in um, Unity. I maybe I think it might. I mean, I have no idea because I live in such an echo chamber of comedy whether or not. His death will send big Fuck, enough ripples right. into the community that a, a bookstore will restock it with their own I'm free looking, will. I'm looking on some New Zealand websites that, you know, they're pretty uh, huge um, range of stuff, and they do not they do not have. They recognise the title, but none of them have it. Eh? It is so cooked. Maybe it's because of its popularity. Because some of these are saying backwater, temporarily out of stock. But I reckon they've been saying that, that for you years, can't get though. The audiobook. But I mean, what? A, oh well, what, off to the torrents for you then, Guy Montgomery. What a gift. You tried to do an honest day's work. What a gift that he um that he recorded that audiobook. Now that he's dead, yeah. what a treasure that is. True that. Uh, you should do that. You should write a memoir and then record it. Nah, that's for later. I'm, yeah. At the moment, I've I've got You're a, doing it. You're doing the thing. At the moment, I've got to write an email to this guy in Omaru. Oh yeah, fair enough, mate. You got to get on that. Maybe mop up the rest of that glass water. I won't do that, but I will launder the two tea towels and one full size towel that I used to clean it up. <laughs> We've got big plans, everybody. We better hop to it. Nice to see you all, our friends. Yeah, thanks for and, thanks uh, for writing and thanks for listening. And we hope that everyone is well and holding it down wherever you are. I, I wish the same for you, Tim. I, I send my best to Zoe and Rufus and Remy. I can't wait to see you all in person. It's going to be hot shit. Um, I saw you went down to uh, the local uh, burger joint and got yourself a burger. Burger truck. Yeah. Smashed Burgers, established 2021. That's the full name of the truck. Yeah, and the guy does make fantastic burgers. It's so good. You gotta get out there and support your local burger trucks. It is crucial. You really do. They don't get shout outs in the news every day for a week. It is simply one gifted animator on YouTube using Guy and Mai's voices to celebrate these heroes of society. Yeah. I come like the literally the last week it was like the news brought to you by KFC. Well, here you go. I'll leave you with this and then I really will hit the big red button that stops recording worthy kids w-o-r-t-h-i kids google that go on the youtube ian rules he's so good at what he does he is a gifted animator writer director funny shit his output is incredible it's free for you to consume you're gonna love it guy and i feature on some of these animations it's sick as yeah 
Good day, everybody. In the